So then Paul talks about being led by the Spirit when we are dealing with our natural humanity. It's a beautiful passage that's coming up, very, very encouraging, and I encourage you to listen in. Colin Cook here, and how it happens. Thanks for joining me today. You're listening to the good news of the gospel. Uh, the heart of God, how he, through his Son, Jesus Christ, sets about rescuing us from this broken world. And uh, the whole planet is in mind when God is talking about salvation, because he says that before me he swears that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess, that in him alone is their righteousness and strength. At last, finally, the world will come to realize that it is God's strength and God's mercy they must rely upon, not their own strength. Well, as you listen to this broadcast, I'm sure you will train your faith. The, the, the work of faith is God's work. God gives us faith, and when we receive it, we learn to live in it and practice it and experiment with it and move forward with it, and we grow in grace as we do so. Well, you can listen to the program any time of the night on your smartphone. Download SoundCloud or Spotify or Podbean, these free apps, and key in how it happens with Colin Cook when you get there. Or you can listen in uh, on Google Podcasts or on the radio, 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning in the Denver and surrounding states. That's on KLTT AM 670, 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning. So Paul, in this beautiful chapter, in uh, Romans chapter 8, says, we are not debtors to the flesh. With the flesh, we don't owe the flesh anything. We don't owe it its demands when it says you must feel guilty, you must feel ashamed, you must feel afraid, um, because we have been counted as dead to that uh, humanity, or rather, putting it another way, uh, God counts that humanity dead. Um, in the crucified life of Jesus Christ. And that leads us to learn how to put to death deeds of the body, deeds of our natural fallen state. Um, we don't simply operate on behavior, um, on um, uh, what we must do and not do. We look to this larger picture that we do not owe our humanity anything because Christ has atoned for it at the cross. We are free to renounce guilt and shame and fear, to praise God that we are declared righteous in Christ, even though we're not righteous in ourselves. We are free to say, Father, I thank you that there is no condemnation because Jesus took that for me. And as we uh, change the mind by faith, we begin to have more control over the, over the behaviors that want to pull us down. Because remember... The behaviors are motivated by a state of mind. That state of mind of guilt, shame, and fear is what drags us down back into those old be behaviors. And I want you to notice that Paul says, um, uh, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die, but if the, by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the flesh. Now think of the oddity of that phraseology, put to death the flesh, the humanity. Well, we in our, mod, in our modern times, we wouldn't say that. We, were, we would say, well, you, uh, you need to learn to stop drinking or go to these programs so you can overcome your alcohol addiction or um, 
learn how to uh, live differently. But Paul uses a phraseology that's not old-fashioned. Rather, it is referring to something much bigger than merely behavior, because he says, put to death the deeds of the flesh. Now, if you misunderstand that phraseology, you will be trying to eliminate all desires and all um, uh, all temptations. You will go on fasts, or you will go to retreat centers, or you will um, do various spiritual rituals or techniques in order to put to death your natural humanity. Well, you know, that's not what it's talking about. And if you think that way, and that's the way the perfectionist thinks and the legalist thinks in terms of these texts, then you misunderstand them and you drive yourself slowly towards a religious neurosis. No, putting to death the deeds of the flesh is an act of faith that affirms that our humanity was judged, condemned, and executed at the cross, in the person and by substitution with, of the person of Jesus Christ, you see. So putting to death the deeds of the flesh is a statement of faith. Father, I thank you that my humanity that wants me to do these things that I know I shouldn't do has been put on the cross, and it doesn't is not counted against me, and it has no power to identify me or control me, um, or to make me feel guilty. You might say, well, that, Colin, surely gives us a carte blanche. It, it gives us a, a freedom to do anything. No. When you learn how to express these things to God by faith, you will find that your human nature weakens in its attempts to try to draw you down again. And so Paul says, for as many as are led, this is verse 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. So do you see what it is to be led by the Spirit of God? It is to confront our humanity with faith in Jesus Christ. Um, don't think that because you have failures or you haven't overcome your addiction yet that you're not being led by the Spirit. Every Every understanding, every faith act uh, that you express before God, even though you may still fail, is being led by the Spirit. The Spirit uh, rolls up his sleeves, as it were, and gets in on the mud with you. Uh, and uh, he, learn, he helps you to learn how to exercise that faith. So don't determine your being led by the Spirit by how well you are doing behaviorally, but rather by how faith is being exercised in the moment and in the crisis and in the defeat as well as the joy of success. So then he says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Now, do you see what I've been saying and how this next verse, the first part of the next verse, verse 15, confirms that I'm right in what I'm saying to you. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. If you work on your fallen, broken humanity by behavior techniques only, if you uh, work 
at uh, this these behaviors that you're trying to overcome um, uh, from a behavior and legalistic point of view, you will be driven back into the bondage of fear. Because that's what uh, is the foundation of legalism and perfectionism. We're always trying to please God by getting it right and uh, overcoming everything. And if we don't, we'll be lost. And if we do, we'll please God. And we are trying to present our behavior uh, before God and our success and our victories as a way of pleasing Him. Well, there are so many red herrings, decoys, uh, in that kind of approach, that it will simply lead you back into fear. We Christians, if we learn the way of faith, have no fear. We have fear of God in the sense of awe, and we want to please Him in the right sense of pleasing Him, not please Him to get salvation, but please Him by our believing in Him and trusting in Him. We have fear that is awe, uh, the sense of awe at his glory and his greatness, and we are little um, worms, as it were, before him, and yet we are counted as glorious in his sight. But not the fear, which is an endless fear of threat, that he will destroy us ultimately, that he is not in our best in, for our best interests, that there is no security in God. We can never be sure how, whether he will turn on us in the end. That fear is gone because we have come to believe that the sacrifice of Christ for the sins of the world is an expression of God's heart that will go all the way to rescue us, to love us, and to save us. For you did not then, he says, verse 15, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. That means that you may lift up your heart and say, Father, I'm afraid right now, but I praise you that this fear has no power to harm me. It has no power over me. Lord, I'm afraid of you. I th sometimes don't trust you. And I praise you, dear Father, that that fear and that lack of trust is counted as dead with my flesh, my humanity. It has no power to judge me. And so you speak back into fear by speaking to God about the freedom from fear, do you see? For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Just amazing and beautiful verses. The spirit of adoption. What is the spirit doing then? The Holy Spirit is in your heart. He's speaking to you and he's saying, you are adopted. You are a precious child of God. God has adopted you into his, fa into his family, into his kingdom. Think of how the Holy Spirit is reaffirming God's love to you and Christ's love to you. He's saying to you, your Savior Jesus is your brother. And because he's your brother, you are adopted into the family of God. The Holy Spirit, you see, is sent to assure us, to give us 
hope. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit knew that we would never survive this world uh, uh, with a faith that was not created by the Spirit and aided by the Spirit. And thus the Spirit comes to us and assures us that we are adopted. And by that knowledge, we cry out, Abba, Father. (laughs) You know what that means, don't you? Abba is the friendly phraseology, the, the friendly term that a child would express to his father. It really means daddy, daddy, father, that we can cry daddy to our God, knowing that God is not some austere, distant father, an authoritarian, but warm, strong, yes, but warm and tender towards us. He is, we can call him Abba, Father. I think you've heard the story of the uh, man, the missionary, who went to do a tour in uh, Israel, and he was on a bus one day, and the the bus was loaded with people, and there was lots of standing, uh, people standing, and the bus lurched because it hit a rock or something, and uh, the little boy fell, uh, was holding his father's hand, and he uh, suddenly, uh, in the moment, let go and fell on the uh, the uh, the bus floor, and he said, "Abba, Daddy." And uh, the 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 preacher the the the, uh, the preacher who had come to visit Israel suddenly realized the meaning of this word Abba in relation to our God. We are so close to Him; He is so close to us. In our troubles, when we accidentally let go of His hand, we can call out Abba, Daddy. And even when we willfully let go, we need to call out because He will reach down and pick us up again. Please remember to donate, if you can, to donate to the broadcast. It's listener-supported radio. It keeps going by your donations. So if you'd like to make a donation, please send it to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. That's FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. Or you can make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. That's faithquestradio.com. Thanks so much. I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.